following is a message from Living Waters Church in Elk River, Minnesota. For more information, visit livingwatersmn.org. We are in the middle of a series titled The God of Hope, or I've been adding the word the God of all hope because some translations talk about God as the God of all hope. And last week, um, I kind of mentioned that this would be sort of a two-part word. Last week, I talked about what it looks like to be anchored to hope. Um, And I said this week, I want to talk about what does it look like when we're abounding in hope, overflowing in hope. What is the output of that look like when we're anchored to hope? How does that manifest in an outward way for us? And so as we kind of examined um, that last week, we defined the kind of hope that we're talking about, not wishful thinking, not a desire, but we probably think maybe it won't happen, but this, this very um, solid hope that has an expectation and a confidence, not necessarily even in just something happening, but a confidence in our God. This hope that we have in who he is and what his plan and his purpose is on the earth. And so we talked about, is that what we're anchored to? Is the hope that I'm anchored to the hope of Jesus or am I looking to something else for our hope? That we talked about the fact that we're in a storm right now and that really Jesus said we would be in storms that we would have storms, that we would have trials and tribulations until the perfect comes. It talks about when when Jesus comes and his his kingdom is fully established on the earth. Until that point, there is this shaking that's going on. There is this, um, this, this storm that's happening. And in some ways, we're sort of born into that when we're born into the earth but that there is a place that we can anchor ourselves to. Right now, we sometimes are, are looking for what can I grasp at that feels solid? Because there's a lot of things, I think we can all acknowledge that we've, we've been in a storm, but this, kind of, this is a different kind of storm. This is like on, on the radio when the weather watcher people call in. You ever listen to that? When there's, there's weather in the area and the weather watcher people call in and they say, I've never seen anything like it. And they're telling about, you know, something that's happening in the weather and they're so dramatic and, you know, whatever. But that's kind of what it is. We're in the middle of this thing where we go, wow, I have not seen anything like this. And so sometimes in the midst of that, it begins to reveal to us what we're anchored to. It begins to show us what, what it is we're actually anchored to because those things are shaking and we're losing our hope. We're, we're, we're finding ourselves spinning a little bit in the storm. And so what we want to really go after this month is that we make sure that we're anchored to the hope that is going to give us that, that steadfast, steady place in the midst of this. We know that the only unshakable thing is Jesus and his kingdom. And that's what he came to to earth to restore, was the stability of the the, um, 
atmosphere of his kingdom. And so that's what we're anchored to. Our verse that we talked about is um, Hebrews 6.19, this hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and it enters the presence behind the veil. So this reality that what we're anchored to is something unseen, and what we're anchored to is really the actual presence of God. It's not a particular thing happening. It's not a particular way he moves even. This anchor that we have is the actual presence of who he is. And that's the place that we're anchored to. So one of the things we talked about is looking at how do I know if I'm anchored to that? One way it's really easy to tell is, is my hope level, does it rise and fall based on the circumstances that are happening around me? That is always a telling thing for me. Where is my hope in that moment when something changes and all of a sudden I go, ah, I don't have any hope. Well, then I was anchored to something that is not steadfast. So that's how we can know. Am I anchored to that hope? The other thing is, am I looking to something different? Am I, am I grasping for different things to try to get stability Am I going, okay, maybe it's this. Okay, maybe it's this. Or am I able to stay anchored to his presence in, in this, as we ride out this storm? There's a, a verse, 1 Peter 1.13. He says, therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, which really just means prepare your mind for action. Gird up the loins of your mind. Did you know your mind had loins? I didn't know that. <laughs> but, but it has to do with preparing for action. It's, 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 it's packing, it's putting on what you need for action. Be sober and set your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So when we talk about being anchored in him, my desire is that I can say, my hope is set fully on him. My hope is set completely and wholly on him. That's what it means to be anchored. Not, I'm anchored a little bit to this and a little bit to this and a little bit to this and a little bit to this. But my anchor is set fully on who he is. And one of the reasons that that's important for us as as followers of Jesus is because there is a world around us that either has no anchor or they're anchored to things that are not steadfast. And I think there are times right now when we can develop this us and them mentality because we see some things that are going on in society or in culture, and, but the reality is they're in the storm, the same storm that we're in, and they don't have this steadfast anchor that we have right now. They're anchored to different things. So we can look at that and say, well, you know, they're making this choice or that choice. Yeah, because they need someone to present to them this hope behind the veil that they could be anchored to. They're not creating the storm. Nobody's sitting over there with a giant wave machine making the storm. They're in the storm. And they're anchored to a different hope. 
But we have this privilege of bringing hope to them, of staying anchored where we are so that we can present that steadfastness in Jesus. So am I anchored? This is where that piece of am I abounding? Am I abounding in hope? Do I have more than enough hope? More than I need just for myself to stay steadfast? But is it overflowing from me so that other people can connect to that hope? And the other piece I wanted to define, because I think sometimes we can be a little either or. You know what I mean? In the church, we can sometimes major on just one aspect and be kind of either or. Either it's this or it's that. But the hope that we're anchored to is both eternal hope and present hope. The hope that we're anchored to. So sometimes when we say, we, oh, we need, to, we need to offer to the world the hope of Jesus, and sometimes what we're talking about is salvation and eternal hope. That, that that's what we need to offer. And by the way, we do need to offer that. <laughs> we carry eternal hope. So in 1 Thessalonians 4.13, he says, I don't want you to be ignorant concerning those who have fallen asleep, concerning those who have died, lest you sorrow as those who have no hope. Lest you grieve as those who have no hope. We have an eternal hope. So we don't, we don't grieve as those without hope. There is an eternal hope that we're attached to that goes beyond the circumstance that we're in right now. Yep. That knows death is not final when we're in Christ. So there's, there's an eternal hope that, yes, we need to present that. But we do a disservice as the church if that's the only hope we're connecting people to. We do a disservice if, if that's the only hope we're connected to. Oh, I'll just sit here and ride out the storm. I'll just, I'll just make it through until I can go home and be with Jesus. There's this eternal hope. That we're, yes, that's real. But there is a present hope that he gives us in the midst of it. It's not just, I'll fly away, oh glory. Some glad morning. Every morning can be a glad morning. Every morning we can stay in this place of hope and be abounding in hope. So yes, It is important that we are anchored to and offering this eternal hope of knowing that there's an eternal plan of God and that we can be part of it, but there's a present hope that we need to be connected to. If it wasn't about present hope, there would really be almost no reason for Jesus to come to the earth. The whole story, the Christmas story, Are we allowed to talk about that in October? Yes. We should talk about it all the days. For anybody who who, um, feels like Jesus wasn't born in December, this is good for you because we're just going to talk about it now. Because probably he wasn't, just saying. Um, but, But we should be celebrating every day this present hope that came, whenever it came, this present hope that came in Jesus God with us right now to people who were sitting in darkness. It says they were sitting in darkness and behold, there came a great light. 
People who are sitting in darkness have given up. They are without hope. But he came to be a present hope in the midst of that. He came to say, there is a God who is close to you right now, not when you die. I really hope that the closeness that I feel to God when I go to heaven, when I pass over, is like this much movement from the closeness I feel to him right now. Do you understand what I'm saying? The veil is thin. We can feel a present hope. We can feel a God who is near to us right now in this moment. We're not just waiting for when we can go, do I long to be with him face to face in a different way? I do. But it's really, hopefully, not much farther than the place I can walk in right now in my closeness with him. That he can be a present hope to me. He's available right now. He came, Jesus came to say, you have a God who is not distant. You have a God who is not uninvolved in your life right now. You have a God who is not far away going, well, I hope you make it. Keep coming, keep coming. Nope, he's right here. He's right here with me. And I have a present hope that I can connect to. That is the hope that we can present to other people. That is the hope that we can abound in. Not just, it, it, is, it is a travesty that for a season, the message of the church was, come into the knowledge of Jesus so you can go to heaven when you die. That is true, and it's good, but it's not complete. We have a present hope. Come to Jesus because he wants to be near to you right now. He wants to be your hope right now. He wants restored relationship with you right now. This is the hope that we offer but only if we're living in it. Only if, if it's real to us. So, Romans 15, 13. That wasn't really mostly in my notes, so I'm feeling a little thrown. Romans 15, 13. <laughs> now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace. I like um, formulas. Apparently, being a follower of Jesus isn't really a formula. But there's something that I see here where he says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you can abound in hope. So I see joy plus peace equals hope. That, that there's this, when we're filled with this, and when it comes through the Holy Spirit, that that's how I can abound in hope. That's how I can be overflowing with hope. By the power of the Holy Spirit. We talked about this a little bit last week. That hope 
comes by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not something that I have to create or drum up or talk myself into or read enough books about. It comes by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's part of your inheritance. It's part of what he gave us in 1 Peter 1, verses 3 and 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Through the, This hope that we have is a living hope. It's given to us by the Holy Spirit. It's not an ideal. It's not a quote on your wall. It's not a tattoo. It is a living hope. It's, it's not just a thought. It's a living hope. It's living on the inside of us, and it's our inheritance. Because of his abundant mercy, his overflowing mercy towards us, he gives us as an inheritance this hope. The other thing that we see is that hope and peace are synonymous with one another. They're not the same. They're not interchangeable. I studied that out. I'm not going to go into all of it, but they're not. They don't equal each other. (laughs) But they're synonymous with one another. Oftentimes throughout the word, we see hope in the same verse or in the same areas that has to do with peace. They're connected to one another. So we see this, that he fills us with all joy and peace and believing so that we can abound in hope. And so I want to talk about making sure that we are being filled with peace, that we're staying connected to that peace. In Mark, let's look at this story in Mark. This is one of my favorite stories. I love the storm stories. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, Brian does, because I talk about them all the time. I love the storm stories in the New Testament where Jesus presents himself in the middle of a storm, where he shows us something about who he is and who we are in the middle of the storm, probably because it helps me to connect to how how can I behave when I'm in a storm? What does Jesus tell me about that? So let's look at Mark 4. This is the story... um, where, well, I'll just read it. You'll catch up. Uh, uh, Mark 4, verse 35. On the same day when evening had come. Okay, I think this is an important part. I know we didn't get very far. This is an important piece. On the same day. The story, the other storm story when Jesus walks on the water, it says, on that same day. Do you know why it says that? Because it wants us to know that on the same day that Jesus did all these other miraculous things, this storm happened. Because we might give the disciples a pass and go, well, it was a storm and it was scary. Yeah, but it was the same day he fed the 5,000. Not this storm, a different, the other storm. But it was the same day he said this. We have short memories, don't we? Okay. On the same day, When evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. 
Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boats as he was, and other little boats were also with him. Other boats are in our storm. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling with water. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not even care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And then they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him. <coughs> what a good story. I love this story. So here's what I want to ask, or what I want, the question I want to pull out that he asks. Why are you so fearful? Why are you so fearful, he says. And then he proceeds to demonstrate the authority not just that he walks in, but the authority that we are meant to walk in, in the midst of the storm. So there's two different things I want to look at. When we're abounding in hope, what does it look like? One thing is we have authority. What does it look like when we're abounding in hope? We are stepping into our place of authority. But we can't step into our place of authority if we aren't full of peace. I'm sure you've heard it said out of this story, you can't speak to any storm you can't sleep through. And that's, that's what I see in this. I can't speak to any storm that I'm afraid of. I can't speak to any storm when I'm not anchored to my place of peace and my place of hope. We are meant to have authority right now in this season. I think that our authority is neutralized by our fear. Our authority is neutralized by not being connected to this place of peace. And so we see in this story where, where he's saying, why are you so fearful? It tells us right there, the boat's filling up with water. Why are you so fearful? I love where they say, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? I think we add our own little spin on that. A lot of people say, you know, they're like, Don't you even care about us? And I'm not even sure that that's what they're saying, as much as they're saying, How can you have peace right now when we're all perishing? Because Jesus was on the same boat. So I don't think they were saying, don't you even care about us? Maybe they were, I don't know. But I feel like they were saying to him, how is it that you can be at peace right now? Why aren't you afraid? And he's saying, why are you afraid? He's asking us that question. Do you know one of the things that, that I remember about growing up is this feeling of something's going on around us and looking at my dad and going, is he afraid? 
Is this okay? Looking as kids, they look at us and they go, should I be afraid right now? And I could look and I could see where he's at in the, is this scary? Is this, is this okay? We need to look at our dad right now and go, are you afraid? You're not afraid. Okay, we're not afraid. We need to look at Jesus sleeping in the boat and go, oh, we're sleeping right now? Okay, we're at rest. Sean invited us in to worship today into rest. I think the disciples had two options. They could freak out and bail water and do whatever it is, you know, try to, or they could have laid down and slept with Jesus. I don't know. So we have an option, and that's not the same as we should just sleep through the storm. I'm not, this is not about inactivity. It's saying, you don't have any authority until you can. So if you want to speak to the storm, be quiet long enough to get your peace. Be quiet long enough. Lay with Jesus for a little bit on the pillow until you have your peace and then speak to the storm. So we have authority that comes from being in this place of peace. The, the word peace here isn't about inactivity. The word for peace, the, the Greek word that's used is, um, actually, it's interesting, because last week we talked about how one of the words for hope in the, the Old Testament had to do with being bound to something, being like a cord that binds. The word for peace here means to tie together in wholeness, to... Um, to make order, to bring into harmony. Isn't that interesting? Peace is getting yourself together. <laughs> it's, it's coming into a place of wholeness. It's not being scattered in, in where, where I think my source is, where I think it's, it's a wholeness. Another word is a complete welfare. To, to, to have confidence in the, the welfare that we're in. So what I see in this and what we see throughout the, the New Testament is that storms are going to come. Jesus said it. Paul said it. Peter said it. Trials and tribulations are going to come. Storms are going to come. And that might look different, storms in our personal life. Maybe right now you're in a season like, I don't even care what's going on in society. I have got a storm in my house. I don't care about all the cultural whatever. I am in a storm in my personal life. Maybe there's a storm in your finances or in your vocation. There's definitely a storm going on in society, in culture, and what's happening around us. And we can choose to either live in the storm in fear, or we can live above the storm in peace. Because that place of peace is what's going to give us authority to speak to the storm.
Peace gives us access to the authority that we need to fulfill the mandate that we have on the earth. Can we say mandate anymore? I'm just kidding. We have a mandate on the earth. When we became a follower of Jesus, regardless of who you are, regardless of what your age is, regardless of what your job is, regardless of how long you've been walking with Jesus, we have a mandate on the earth, and that is to advance his kingdom. Hasn't changed. Guess what? It's actually advancing right now. Hard to believe. It is. But, but that's, where, that's where the authority comes in. Not the authority to get what I want. <laughs> Not the authority to go, well, I don't like this, so it's got to be like this. The authority to advance his kingdom. I've heard a lot about we're in a, we're in a war right now. We're in a battle. We've always been. <laughs> We've never not been in a war. We've not, not, never not been in a battle. But it doesn't change the fact that our job is to continue to advance his kingdom. What that means is to bring the character, the nature, the atmosphere of God to bear on the earth. And in fact, I think this is a prime setup for that. I don't think that this is a time when the church is hindered in walking that out. What will hinder the church in walking that out is if they can't get a hold of their peace. Because they're meant to walk in authority and they can't until we come into that place of peace. But, but there's not, we're not being held back from advancing what God's trying to do on the earth. In John 17, 27, Jesus said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. And I give it to you not as the world gives. Blah, blah, blah. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. He's saying, he said this before, in the world you will have trials and tribulations. But don't be afraid because I've overcome the world. So we have this peace that he's left with us. He's, he's left. When he left, he promised peace. It comes by the power of the Holy Spirit. But here's what he expects of us then. He expects us to show up with that peace. He expects that we're bringing that with us because he left it for us. So he expects when anything we're encountering that we're bringing that peace with us. We can't step into the world and forget to bring our peace. So here's my question. Are you packing? Packing what? Your peace? P-E-A-C-E? Right? Come on. Come on. It's a pun. Don't you love the pun? Thank you. So are we packing? Do we have it with us? Did we forget it? Because we can't abound and overflow in hope if we don't have our peace with us. Good word. So when I leave the house, I need to leave with peace because then I can have authority. When I'm parenting, I need to make sure that I have packed my peace because it gives me authority 
When I'm encountering the, the spheres of, of influence that God means for me to advance his kingdom in, I cannot step into that without the peace that's girding up my loins. The new kind of conceal and carry. <laughs> I want to have that peace on me. Because I need to have that. And here's why. Because we won't see the works of Satan crushed by anything other than peace. Here's how I know. Romans 16, 20. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. It's the God of peace that crushes what the enemy is trying to do. So why then am I packing anything else other than that? Why am I trying to come against that with anything else? I want to bring my peace with me. The other thing, when we abound in hope, so that hope comes from being in peace. The other thing, when we abound in hope, besides authority, is we have an answer. We're meant to have authority, and we're meant to have an answer. 1 Peter 3.15 says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you the reason for the hope that is in you. Is anyone asking you that question? I have to be really, really honest with myself about that. I can all day long say, yeah, I've got my peace. I'm abounding in hope. And what's the, the old adage, has anyone told your face? I can, I can catch a glimpse of myself and go, wow, yeah, you, you look really hopeful right now. Or I can, I can feel myself, <sighs> okay, drawing these breaths that are really meant to like dispel anxiety internally and go, I have not found my peace. Do you, know, do you know who is really good at letting us know when we're not having peace? Our kids. My, my daughter is very intuitive. And I can pretend all I want that I'm walking about the day with peace and hope, but she, she knows. What's wrong? What's, what's wrong? Nothing. I'm fine. Why are you breathing like that? I'm just breathing, okay? No. I've lost my peace for a minute. Or I can, I can find that I'm not, um, I'm not having these questions asked, what's, what's your source of hope right now? Because maybe I'm finding it in other things. I'm looking to numb out on something. So I'm binge-watching documentaries on Netflix or you know, whatever else. I don't do it often, but I can tell when I've lost my peace because I just have this appetite for intellectual junk food. 
You know, like, I just need to eat something. I don't care what it is. So we need to be able to give an answer. It means someone should be asking us that question. And here's, here's the bigger thing to me. Are we giving them the right answer? One of my concerns in this day is that the church would begin to give a different answer for hope. That the message of the church would be, this is what our hope is in. That's why it's important that we be able to say, I am anchored to who God is. Now, all the activity we talked last week, does that mean we're not involved in um, trying to bring change to circumstances? Does that mean that we're not involved in the political process or in the... No, if you're called to that, be involved in that. But let that be the output of your peace, not the search for it. And when somebody asks you, what is your hope? Please don't send them a YouTube video. I'm serious. Please be ready for the answer of what our hope is. That we can connect people to that because I don't want to anchor them to anything else. I don't want to anchor them to the outcome of a movement that I'm part of. I don't want to anchor them to, to anything else other than who Jesus is because then the output of that will be change in these other areas. So we want to give the right answer when people ask us. First of all, we want to walk in a way that helps them to want to ask. When the world looks at the church, they should not see confusion about where our peace comes from. What they should see is clarity. They should not see confusion about what we should be hoping in right now. There should be clarity that our hope is in Jesus. And in him bringing his kingdom on earth. That anything we're involved in, in advancing his kingdom, it comes from that place of peace. Because we will have no authority to change anything if it doesn't come from that place. So, when we're abounding in hope, it looks like authority. It looks like us recognizing that we have authority and taking that place of authority, not over people, <laughs> over the storm. And we won't be able to speak with that authority until we find the place of peace in the midst of it. So we, we have that authority, and we have an answer, which means that it's, it's our witness. We're witnessing to the hope that we have. If we are in fear, our authority is neutralized and our witness is compromised. So we want to be anchored. We want to sleep in the boat every chance we can get so we can wake up and speak to the storm. Amen? Amen. There are real <clears throat> issues affecting our lives. There are real issues affecting society and government and education and our families and there are real things. 
But we have hope in the fact that authority has been restored to us. Because our mandate as being followers of Jesus is to advance his kingdom. So we can come with solutions. We can come with with, um, the evidence of that kingdom. But it has to be attached to hope in him and him alone. It has to come from that place of his presence. Next month, we're focusing on, um, on worship. The month, we're going to take the month and just focus on worship. And I feel like one of the main outputs of that is what we talked about this morning. When we see who God is in each of these circumstances we're in the middle, when we see who he is, it opens the door for him to come and be that. It invites him into that. So I'm looking forward to, you know, even as we leave the theme of hope to continue to sow into that through our worship, that who he is is the hope that we have. That's that's what we're anchored to. So here's your um, assignment this week and for all of your life until Jesus comes. (laughs) Get your peace before you walk out the door. And then find it frequently throughout the day. Ask yourself, did I pack my peace? Did I pack my peace for this situation? Because Jesus gave it to me. It's part of my inheritance. And then ask him, where do you want me to use my authority Where do you want me to use my authority? As I come now, I've got my peace. Where do I use my authority in prayer? Where do I use my authority? As I minister peace and hope to the people around me. And then I want you to get ready for the question. Always being ready to give an answer for the hope that we have. Get ready for the question. What am I going to say when, they're, when they ask me? Where is my hope? How do, I, how do I share that? For those of you that are attending the... Um, Unstoppable. Unstoppable. The, it's, it's just a... What, an awesome, what awesome timing. Because it's a lot of ways to answer that question. It's how to have a conversation about that question. I had that conversation with somebody this week about what, what I believe, and, and it, it started with, so you think I'm going to hell then? That's how it started up. But it, it uh, landed in, I just know this is what Jesus has done in my life. Be ready to to answer the question regarding the hope that we have. Can you stand and I'm going to bless you because I just love this verse and I want us to be overflowing. Lord, we thank you that your kingdom is advancing. We thank you that we're part of that. 
We thank you that we can look at you and know that you're not afraid, and so we don't have to be either. We thank you that you give us peace as an inheritance. We choose to receive it, to live in it. You've given us the house of peace to live in. We won't live in the shack called fear. We will fully inhabit the peace that you want to give us. And from that place, we will speak with authority and we'll be ready to give an answer. So we just ask that you would bless us, that you, the God of hope, would fill us with all joy and peace in believing. That we would abound in hope, overflowing with hope. And we thank you that it comes by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To learn more about us, please visit livingwatersmn.org.